Welcome to the PA Football Story Podcast, where your host, Chad Brubaker, will sit down and talk to coaches and players to discuss the classic stories and rich history surrounding the game of football in Pennsylvania. Please hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform to get all of the latest content. You can also follow us on Twitter at the PA Football S1. Again, that's the PA Football S and the number one, or on our Facebook page, the PA Football Story Podcast. If you would like to contact us about advertising, please email us at pafootballstorypodcast at gmail.com. Today's guest on the PA Football Story Podcast is recently retired Clearfield head football coach, Tim Janoko. Coach Janoko attended Moshannon Valley High School and walked on at Penn State University, where he played for Joe Paterno. He was named the head coach at Clearfield and amassed 307 wins, 18 District 9 championships, and ended his career with 27 straight winning seasons. He is a member of both the Central PA and PSFCA Hall of Fames and was the PA Big 33 head coach in 2009. All right, Tim, welcome this morning. Um, sitting with Tim Janoko from um, legendary coach, retired legendary coach at Clearfield uh, High School. Now, how does it feel to hear that uh, adjective put before your before your name? It's uh, it's a little mixed, you know. I, I uh, you obviously there's some happiness, but there's some some sadness when you've done something for 42 years. Uh, it's tough to walk away, and it wasn't it wasn't an easy decision, but I felt it was the right time. Yeah. Well, you know, I, well, maybe we'll go in reverse here. How how do you make that decision? There's probably a lot of guys across Pennsylvania, although not very many anymore, that are going to put in 42 years. As a as a football coach, it seems that uh, you're no no offense, but like a dinosaur in that way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. You know, uh, you know what I'm you know what I'm saying. But yeah, what what are the what things went into your decision? Because obviously you're you know you're in good shape, you're health wise, and that type of thing. So what what stuff goes into that? Well, there there were quite a few different things. Number one uh, decision was family. Um, I have uh, two grandkids and and two grandkids on the way. Uh, my daughter's a teacher here at Clearfield, special needs teacher. I'm very proud of her. And, and my son, uh, you know, his career um, in the NFL has is is taking off. And and I was being left out of a lot of things. I couldn't go to a lot of things because um, you know you, you you're tied down. You know what it's like. It's sure. It's, it's twelve months a year. It's you know seven days a week. Something's going on. So um, that was part of it. And then uh, I thought, you know, well, I'm, I'm getting towards the end here. I have a good team returning. Uh, there's some really talented kids coming back. My last year here, we, we won a, a league championship and a district championship. And I thought, well, you know, I want the next guy to be successful to carry it on. So uh, I thought it was the right time. Um, and, you know, my wife was said that I could do whatever I want. It wasn't her. She she has been a trooper for all these years and she you want to keep coaching, keep coaching. And I thought, you know, geez, I'm missing so much. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> you look around and I heard some one guy say, Hey, we're, we're playing on the back nine now. <laughs> we're yeah, not, right. I'm 63 years old and uh, I want to still be able to do some things with the family. So that was the biggest decision. 
Yeah, I, I I think that's one of the things that I always think about too is, you know, I want to be able to, you know, have my health and and do some things that I never got to do before um, or take some time yeah. to, you know, get better at something, something else, you know. Right, right. So, you know, there's still a lot of things to do and I'm still involved with some things and still involved with the National Football Foundation, involved with their state association and really admire those guys, guys like you coming in and, and carrying the torch. It's uh, I'm, I, I think it's some, a lot of good things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that is, you're keeping your toes in the water, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Well, let's circle back then. You went to Moshannon Valley high school. Did I say that right? Yep. That's right. Moshannon Valley high school. <laughs> Tell people for people that don't know, where is that? Shannon Valley is uh, right in the central part of the state. Uh, it's probably the best best way. It's it's probably about fifty five minutes from State College, and right in the central in the mountains in the central part of the state, between Altoona and State College, but on over the mountain. And so um, you went to high school there, and then you ended up um, going to Penn State. Um, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I, I graduated from Shannon Valley, and uh, I was 17 years old, and uh, I wanted to continue to play football, but I love Penn State. I had some some small colleges that were interested in me and some offers, but so I decided to walk on at Penn State, and uh, my coach called over there, and, and I was invited to a tryout. There were no uh, – there was no uh, – run-ons or preferred walk-ons at the time it was yeah. like the rudy thing you know they had 50 guys <laughs> there and, and uh two and they took two of us and the other guy and me uh the other guy became my roommate and one of my better best friends uh jimmy copenhaver was a quarterback in the hanover area so they took the two of us and uh, i became a walk-on at penn state and it was uh it was a it was probably the most life-changing thing that ever happened in my life it did definitely uh change my whole world yeah explain that so uh, so you're 17 years old and you're at Shannon yeah. Valley it's a small high school in the mountains sure and all of a sudden you're standing in the locker room and you're looking around and there's Chuck Fusina and Bruce Clark and <laughs> and people like that looking around and you're like you think you're in Disneyland or you're in a, in a dream and uh and uh you know it was it was different time uh you know in, in the the Rudy thing had some truth to it. You know, there was, it was tough. It wasn't easy. Uh, it wasn't as dramatic. Trust me. Right. Um, and, but, and you're uh, not, you're not five, nine or whatever. He was. No, 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 I wasn't fine. <laughs> no, but uh, it was, uh, it was a tough, it was tough physically. Uh, the rules were different then. You practiced longer. Oh, you practiced sure. more with pads. There was more hitting. Uh, so, um, and there were some, you know, some very talented people at that time. I was on the team. We lost the, national championship to Alabama was 79. Yeah. I was in New Orleans at the time. I'd never, you know, been out of the state much other than let alone go to New Orleans and I'm, you know, 18 years old. So that that's, that changes your whole life, you know. Yeah. And then I learned so much. I learned so much um, from Coach Paterno, just accountability, the, the, the uh, you know, you were deathly, to this day, I'm deathly afraid to be late to a meeting. You know, there was time and then there was Paterno time. And I was always afraid to be late to a meeting or doze off or something like that. So uh, that accountability and then just the things that you learn how to do things, you know, a uh, way to win, I, I think definitely affected me as a definitely affected me as a coach and a person. But there were some comical times, too. You know, I mean, the, the one one that made uh, 
story I tell, and it's a true story. It's Joe Pazanski's. It was in Pazanski's book, the last one, of the last books written on Coach Paterno's. We're going to a scrimmage over. They called the Flower Gardens, and I get on the offensive bus, and I'm sitting. I'm just like a sophomore. I'm sitting towards the front, and uh, Coach Paterno all of a sudden gets on the bus and sits with me. Doesn't say anything, and I'm like, I, you know, pretty intimidating. Sure. I'm sitting there, and he looks over at me, and he goes, "Hey, Janako." He says, uh, did you ever hear about the guy who never had an ulcer, but he was a carrier? <laughs> what do you say? You, know, you chuckle a little bit nervously. <laughs> he just looks forward, then we just keep going. <laughs> so, you know, those well, kinds of things. Yeah, talk yeah. a little bit about um, Joe Paterno and his legacy and, you know, how he affected affected your life. I think, you know, one of the things – you know, I've read some of those books and um, about Paterno and, you know, obviously everybody knows, you know, what happened. Um, but well, he, he was yeah. after, um, you know, after I became a coach and, and like Clearfield's not that far from State College. Right. So they knew, you know, what I was doing here. And so I was going over to meet. Uh, we had some meetings with Coach Paterno to help us with our clinic, the, the state clinic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a monumental meeting with uh, a couple meetings with Dave Wonstadt, Joe Paterno, and and Al Golden. You know, we had Temple Pitt and Penn State there, and so we had some really monumental meetings there. But I would go over earlier and talk with Coach Paterno to see where we could go with the meeting and stuff like that. And uh, he was really sat with me several times, and we had some really good talks about high school football and 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 life and different things. And uh, so he it meant a lot to me, and he. And he told me one time he was very proud of what I was doing with my life. And that, and that meant a lot to me, you know, that, that kind of stuff you never forget. So he had a big impact on my life and like so many others. And, uh, and I was just a walk on, you know, it wasn't right. like I was a, you know, a big star or anything like that. I was a walk on, but it's funny how after all these years, you know, it kind of, you see your former teammates and it's not that you were a walk on, you were a teammate. And yeah. I, I tell our I tell our kids that all the time. Everybody's important. You know, you know that. You can't win. You can't win unless you have the kids that are out there every night working their tails off uh, that maybe don't get the press release or, you know, the other stuff. So that's why football's so special. Yeah. I I um I got you on that. Um it's I mean, I tell the story all we were in this meeting and I I kind of set it up because I was really big. I thought Pitt and Penn State should play. You know, I always thought that. So I it kind of broached the subject with him and he said, ask me in the meeting. So I was in front of Dave Wanstead. In front of Dave Wanstead. And well, Dave wanted it. See, and I'd known Dave because my son was playing at the pit at the time. All right. So I so I knew that. But um so I said, hey, Coach, uh, what do you think about renewing a Pitt Penn State game? And he always called me Timmy. And he said, okay, you know, Timmy, I think we should do that. And I mean, I'm looking around. I see Franny Ganner the next day at a seven on seven. He goes, "You crazy!" He <laughs> <laughs> said, "I can't believe you did that." So, what was um, the reaction? Well, they 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 re-upped the series, but Joe never saw it because it was yeah, you right. know, it had to go out. So, um, but yeah, so I'd like to see. I just think it's important for Pennsylvania football, you know. For oh, I, I grew up wanting wanting to play in that game, you know, or be a part of that game. I think those rivalries are important. I, I know the conferences are important, but boy, those rivalries to me, I think, are so important to to high school kids and stuff like that to see it on 
go. So that's my opinion. Yeah, certainly, certainly, um, you know, in other states, you see that you see, you know, Oklahoma playing Oklahoma State or, you know, the big the big rivalries, whether even if it's not in state, those right. those non-conference rivalries continue. And yep. it would be huge in Pennsylvania. <laughs> like I, I, I live to like my son. Yeah, my son played a pit in the pit, West Virginia. It's sure. a big, you know. But it's, I don't think it's as big as Pitt and Penn State, but still, it's you can see, you see it, you know. Yeah. So, so you um, you graduated from Penn State, um, and yeah, I had a t- I had a teammate, I had a teammate, um, Terry Rakowski, who was on the team, and he ended up being a dentist. I think he's from the Schoolkill area. Really good, good guy. And um, I said to him, I said, you know. This is getting real here, Terry. I'm going to graduate. I got to find a job. <laughs> and he said, "Well, my brother, Stan, is a principal at Clearfield." He said, "And, that, and Clearfield's like half hour from Mo Valley." And uh, he said, uh, "Why don't you call my brother?" So I, I called. I called, and just at the time, they were they were uh, um, hiring a new head football coach, and he was looking for a staff. So I called, and they said, "Yeah, we're going to we'll give you a new." And Terry said, "You know." Stanley said, yeah, come over. We'll interview you. We'll let the head coach interview you. So I get a call from the head coach, John Wiley. And he said, uh, I'll meet you at McDonald's in Clearfield. You know where that is? Yeah, yeah. So I'm not. There's I'm only nervous. one, right? Yeah, there's only one. It's not like that. Yeah. So I'm 21 years old and I just graduated from Penn State. And so, you know, my mother says, you better wear a suit. You better wear a suit. So I, I'm in a three-piece suit and here I go into McDonald's uh, from my, my interviews. I always tell people it's kind of like the wedding crashers, only I had one job. I mean, not the wedding crashers, stepbrothers. It's always kind of like the stepbrothers going to the with the tuxedos. Uh, so I had a three-piece suit sitting in McDonald's interviewing for assistant football job. And I got hired as a health teacher, and I, I was here 42 years. Yeah, it's um, interesting how that stuff happens. You know, the younger the younger generation, we, we didn't have the uh, – we didn't have the uh, standardized application processes. Yeah. You had to no. <laughs> for college, no. for college, or for applying, right. applying right. jobs in Pennsylvania. Um, I remember being in high school and saying, "All right, I'm done applying to colleges. I'm tired of writing these essays." Which is so, you know, yeah. my my 50 year old self looks back at my 18 year old self and says, "What a dumb," <laughs> but, you know, uh, it was a real thing. It was a real thing. Yes, um, it does. Yeah, so you uh, became an assistant at um, Clearfield. Clearfield and yeah, four so- years I was an assistant, and uh, John Wiley, uh, John uh, decided to move on. He had s- some differences with the school board, and um, and we had we had success. We had three winning seasons in four years with with John, and uh, that that had been something that not had happened at Clearfield for a long time. So, uh, and I was uh, I was. Uh, 25 years old and uh, I was thinking about leaving football and going into the state police. Oh, wow. So uh, I always thought I would be, you know, wanted to go into the state police. So the day I got married, May 11th, that morning, we were getting married at, at, at one o'clock. I went to uh, Dubois and took the state police test that morning. So, uh, and then got, we got married on May 11th. And then uh, in July, John resigned and uh, I got a call from the state police saying, hey, um, 
you, you there's a chance you're going to be in the state police if you want to go. And then uh, John resigned, and I got a call from the principal, and they said, do you want to be the head football coach at Clearfield? I'm 25 years old. Either go to state police or be the head. So I stayed at Clearfield, and uh, 38 years later, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I, you know, so no. talk about your um... – Obviously, you had great mentorship in college, you know, in terms of being a being a head coach. But at 25 years old, um, you know, what are some things that you look back being a head coach at 25 years old that, you you know, like I said, you know, my 50 year old self looks back on my 18 year old self. How about you looking back on your 25 year old head self as a first time head coach? Well, I, t- I tell you, um, it was not an easy situation because at the time Clairefield was going through head coaches like you know like a lot of places you know you put it stop to that <laughs> yeah well uh <laughs> anyway uh I was uh getting some pressure from some townspeople my first year we were five and six which mm-hmm. with the Clearfield standards at the time was yeah okay they, you know they yeah. were but I was getting some pressure about who I was playing and who I wasn't and I remember calling this one guy and said listen buddy uh, I don't know. I'll probably get fired here anyway, but I'm going to do it my way. So you need to stop, you know, and, yeah. and that, you know, so that, you know, you, you, you know, you just have to try to go with your heart and do things your way and that and marrying the right girl. I tell young coaches all the time, because if you don't have a partner, uh, a wife, that's going to um, go along with the stuff, it's awful difficult because you, you know what it takes, Chad. You, it's just, you got to work hard and you got a lot of hours. Yeah. So, if you want to stick with it, right? it was our family business. You know, yeah. my, my daughter was a cheerleader and, and she played other sports too, but uh, my wife ran a concession stand for, uh, till the, till this year for 30, wow. for 38 years. And my son played for me, was a quarterback and he grew up in the weight room and grew up in our field house. And so we, we you know, talk about the commitment of a wife, uh, about 10 years into our tenure, we, we needed the field house really bad. And um, it was it was just desperately needed. So I said, we're going to build a field house. So I asked the school board if we could build a field house. I said, yeah, go ahead. How are you going to pay for it? Right. So uh, I got two community leaders to go along with me, and we took out a loan for $200,000. And we got people helping us doing that. And we and um, But I had to put my house up. The other guys had businesses and stuff. They had money. So my wife let us put our house up to build a field house <laughs> at Clearfield. And it took us 15 years to pay it off. Wow. So, you know, that's, you talk about commitment. You know, <laughs> I tell people, when I tell people you got to, you know, you're either in or you're out, you know, there's no halfway if you want to be successful. Wow. That's, I tell you what, that is, uh, that's next, that's some next level stuff. Yeah. My wife, she's a, she's a trooper. She, she's a football person. Her dad always took her to, uh, to Penn State games. And, and another story, we're at New Orleans at the Sugar Bowl, and uh, I get a call. Uh, I'm up in my room, and it's it was my father-in-law who just passed away here recently. And he said, uh, hey, it's Chuck Rerko from Ramey, and, uh, you know, you, 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 my daughter and I are down here to celebrate her graduation. Would you want to come down and meet us? So I go down, and, uh, you know, I talked to her, and I said, hey, you know, I'm allowed to go out tonight. You want to go out with me? And her dad said no. So, <laughs> And I always tease myself, you know, Chuck, I wouldn't let her go out with me either. <laughs> yeah, right. In New Orleans, especially. In New Orleans, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a true story, too. So, you know, we uh, 
but we ended up uh, dating after college and after I got out of college and, uh, and uh, we ended up married and we've been together ever since, but she's a football person. So it was, that was important. So as a 25 year old head coach, you started out five and six. Was there anything that, you know, you feel you did that kind of got you over, over the hump because you've had 27 straight winning seasons. Like when you retired last year, uh, 27 straight winning seasons, honestly, at a, at a small school and, you're yeah. at the, you're at the whims of you know your talent base or sure your lack sure of you can only, yeah you can only develop you know what you have yeah you know you you the hand that you're dealt um and you know that's where the, the hard work and the commitment comes in and kids buying in because I always I used to tease some of my some of my assistants you know guys our kids don't know how bad we are it's okay <laughs> yeah. You know, because uh, our kids would play over their heads a lot of times um, because of the tradition and and, and the things like that. So, um, you know, we had in my 38 years, we had four losing seasons and uh, one was a five and six. One was a four and six. One was a three and seven. We had, you know, we, we were always competitive. Uh, the thing is, we were when I first took over, we were a small quad A really like with 10 kids over and quad a was the biggest that was uh, the that's biggest. all there was was quad sure. a so we would get in the playoffs and sometimes when the playoffs started in 93 sometimes we'd face Altoona. uh in 95 we, we played state college and ended up beating them which was a huge win for us 94 that was 94 yeah um so you know we had some those were the kinds of things that kind of send your program over the hump but then we became, you know, as, as Pennsylvania lost jobs, Clearfield was the same thing. Yeah. And uh, so we're now we're, we're like a, we're a triple, we're a triple A, but we're a small triple A. Triple we went A's. from a small, yeah. So, so yeah. what do you attribute that to if you, if you are playing, and I know you said about tradition, I know you said about hard work, but, you know, what, what, what enabled your kids or your coaching staff to get people, you know, get your, roster over the hump against schools that are you know way way bigger um i think the other thing is you know surrounding yourself with great people and i was very fortunate to be able to have a hand in hiring uh some some teachers and coaches that were uh just outstanding uh people and 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 they stayed with me for a long time and the guy that's taken my place was with me for eight years and he played with my son at Pitt. You know, yeah. so it's it's kind of like handing the torch over. So I th I think you know when you're able to bring in people that uh, are professionals and teachers and coaches, uh, that's huge. That's you know, I think our schools are some of our schools are losing that, and that's scary. You know, you you have to have institutional control. Uh, and on the other side, I, I was a principal. I was a school administrator for 21 years. So uh, you know, I was able to make sure we set a tone of uh, accountability for everybody and uh i think that carries over you know I, the stuff that i learned at penn state i took to clearfield yeah yeah i agree we are in a um era where we are not pr prioritizing teachers that can do other things whether it's you know or want to do other things or want to do other things correct or now that's scary to me because you know i i don't understand that why an administrator wouldn't want someone that wants to stay after three o'clock to work right. with kids. I mean, we're in a kid business. Exactly. You know, that, it's, that's the bottom line. So what, it's not about uh, me or you or whoever. It's about our kids. And, you know, for somebody not to want to bring, those were always my best teachers. 
the guy, the people that women and men that wanted to stay after three o'clock, they're your best teachers. Yeah. You know, that's not, it's not even close yeah. because they care. Yeah. I wonder where that uh, philosophy shifted. Doesn't it's make not good, but those people that want to leave it, you know, at the bell and get out of there, they're you probably, I'm not saying hundred percent, but sure. part of them weren't your best teachers. Yeah. And it, we're not necessarily talking just about athletics. We're talking about hmm. other things. I'm talking about music. I'm talking about plays, yeah. you know, anything extracurricular. Those people that want to stay after school and work with kids, they're usually your best teachers. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go, I'll die on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've experienced it. So you guys won um, 18 district nine championships and I don't know how many league championships, but certainly a lot. Um, and talk a little bit about, so you went from a small quad a, were you then triple a at some point? As We were triple, we've been triple a for quite a while now. Yeah. And um, you know, it, we had our chances. There were times we were in a playoffs and we were the last uh, public school alive. Um, and we just would run into some people that we couldn't compete with, uh, you know, and I'm not going to, you know, get into, you know, that story. We all know that story, but, you know, it, it was disheartening at times because you were such on, on a, you know, an unbalanced competitive level. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I feel bad that I never had a chance to play for a state championship or coach for a state championship, but we were in the final eight, I think four times. Um, and, uh, you know, it just circumstances were what they were. Well, the other thing I thought would be an interesting topic is talk about, you know, um, the beauty of being, you know, in a small community, a smaller community or a small town community, really in Pennsylvania, and, and making a playoff run. It is. It's so cool because our fire companies, we have, uh, we have two or three fire companies here in town and they love our football program. So they, they bring their trucks up to the games and they, they blow their whistles and they blow their whistles if we score and stuff like that. <laughs> so they started a tradition when we, when you go to the playoffs that they would lead us out of town up to the interstate. I mean, it's right out of, uh, you know, out of a movie. Sure. And, uh, so, uh, and blow their whistles the whole way and escort us out of town. And now they do it for other sports. Uh, they do it for our softball team and, and the, or basketball, wrestling, whoever. So it's kind of caught on to all their sports, which, you know, I, I think that's a unique thing. Um, you know, you felt like Ampipe, yeah. you, know, you know, going out of, uh, going out of town. And so, uh, and then we have a bridge down here below, um, below our school and, and the people, my wife started this tradition, people would stand on the bridge and wait for you to go by with the fire trucks. That's, that's high school. That's high school football. That's high school sports. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's, pretty- that's neat stuff. You know what? You'll never forget that kind of stuff. And and no one left in town. All the businesses closed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We, we would go, we played, I, I know times we played in the playoffs where we would travel two and a half hours and uh, we had more people there than than the team that was, you know, from the area. So, uh, yeah, um, it was uh, it, it, it's a very uh, let's just say I, I I'm humbled by it because of the people have been so fantastic. And, you know, it's hard for me to go to Walmart because everybody wants to talk. And God bless them. And, they, and it's wonderful. And I don't say that in a bad way, but um, it's a neat thing. 
Well, you've connected to a lot of, you know, not only players and, but, you know, cheerleaders and surrounding people who, if they still live in the community, have something to say to you, I'm sure. Yeah. And even, even the people that don't live in the community anymore, uh, stay in touch. You know, that's the neat thing about the, the stuff that we have now, you know, the technology, you know, sure. it's the, I get texts and things like that. So it's, it's pretty neat. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. So you had, you mentioned earlier, like you coached your son and, uh, uh, Talk about for for a uh, head football coach that might be facing that prospect, like the pros, the cons of, uh, you know, your son coming up through the program and, and coaching him. The pros are, uh, you know, he would see things that I saw because we'd watch film together. We'd and he grew up in the in the offense. He grew up in uh, you know, and we had so many different influences. You know, we'd go to seven on sevens and camps and and things like that. So. A lot of the stuff before I'd even say it, he would say this, this, and this. You know, it's a cover too. Blah, 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 my way out. Yeah, it could make reads. So those are the pros. Um, the cons, obviously, people sometimes the bad side of people. You know, you get it wasn't much, very little, but you know, they, well, he's your son. You know, you're doing it. You know, well, you know, he's the best player you're going to play. Um, we we had a couple disagreements. We never really talked about it much <laughs> at the dinner table. Uh, my wife made that rule. Uh, we yeah. weren't we weren't going to bring that home. So uh, I remember one night I I yelled. <laughs> we were arguing about something, and I said, "You tell him I'm the coach. He's going to quarterback, and I'm going to coach." <laughs> <laughs> and that was the last time. That was yeah. the end. But we talk. He and I talk every day about football. Every day he calls me. I call him, and we're talking about things going on now in the NFL and. You know, he would watch our games, uh, you know, because we could, you know, you can do that now. You can stream sure. it. And so, uh, you know, heck, when he was with the Vikings, he and Kirk Cousins would sit and watch our games on a Friday night. Really? You know, oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's how cool. And then you tell your kids that, hey, Kirk Cousins is watching. You know, it's kind of neat, that kind of stuff. So, uh, and then I'm able to, you know, the access, I was able to go to practices. And last spring I went to Chicago's practice, got to meet uh, Justin and – uh what a great young man he is. And so, you know, there's pros and there's cons, but it's it's turned out really well for us. We've yeah. been blessed. Now he's been in the NFL. I know he was with the Vikings for a few years. He started with the, he he started with uh Tampa Bay because uh when he left Pitt, he went with Greg Greg Sheehan and I were friends from Penn State and and Greg and Frank Signetti uh Jr. I uh, went to to uh, Rutgers and Frank and Greg. I remember getting a call in the field. I was Greg saying, "Hey, you know your son. I want to take your son. Bring your son to Rutgers as a G as a uh, GA." Right. That's okay. So uh, he went to to Rutgers for a year, and then Greg got hired by the Buccaneers. And um, Greg took him to Tampa Bay with him. He was at Tampa Bay two years, and Greg got released. And then one of the best things that happened to him, he was out of a job and. I had some some connections and uh, and uh, I got him hired. I got him help get helped get him hired at Mercyhurst, and he was a quarterback coach at Mercyhurst University for a year under Marty Schetzel. Marty's a great guy and a great coach. Uh, so he went to Mercyhurst for a year, and then uh, and then Norv Turner was with the Vikings, and Norv had that pit connection with Wani, 
Sure. And uh, and so North uh, made the call and brought him in as a uh, quality control with the Vikings, and he was with the Vikings for seven or eight years. Uh, he worked his way up from quality control to uh, assistant offensive line coach. Uh, and then uh, when Tony uh, died unexpectedly uh, right in training camp, uh, he he actually was the offensive line coach one year. And then he got main receivers coach, and then uh, then he was the quarterback coach. So he, he got to coach uh, Stephon Diggs and Justin Jefferson. And then he got to coach – a pretty uh, good coach. Yeah, and then yeah, it makes you look smart. I told him this. You always look smart when you got players like that. And then then he got to work with Kirk, and uh, he and Kirk had a really good relationship. And then Zim Zim treated him really well. Uh, coach Zimmer was a, good, a really good football coach, a good guy. So he treated uh, Andrew really well. And then when he got released, uh, the Bears picked him up, and uh, as a quarterback coach. So and Luke Getzey and Andrew were friends at Pitt. Because Luke was at Pitt as a GA when Andrew was there, so Luke's the OC it with the Bears, so that's how that works. Yeah, sure, it's those connections that, and sure, and you get those trees that. going, you know, yeah, you get those trees going. And uh, Dave Wants has been really good to Andrew throughout the throughout his career too. He's really helped him a lot. So, yeah, good uh, things there. did Kirk Cousins ever uh, have some criticisms of your of, of your offensive game plans of our <laughs> offense? He would say. <laughs> That he would he would he would he would say to Andrew, "That's our play. Your dad's that's our play." <laughs> right. Yes, I right. am a thief. I yes. am some oh, of the yeah. best coaches are the best thieves. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. So, um, as you were, um, you know, going through um, your career, um, you're getting closer to the end, but none of the things that you've been doing for years really has ch- changed in terms of philosophically. Um, how to run a program because you hear I'll just you know when I talk to coaches that have been around a long time you know you hear um, from a lot of people well kids have changed Um, kids are way different you know than they were 20 years ago or even 10 years ago 30 years ago what's your take on that I I don't I don't know I don't think I think the basic things of kids kids haven't changed kids want to know that somebody cares about them Mm -hmm. kids want parameters kids want discipline kids want to you know you sometimes you might just have to explain things a little bit more to them because you know they're asking why a little bit more but that's okay I never that never bothered me um I I just think kids really want to know that people care about them and if you they know you care about them you know the old adage they don't care about what you know until they you know they care about whether or not you you care about them so um so yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing, and I think sometimes guys get caught up. You know, you you really have to set your ego aside. Um, one thing I'm proud of is like in 1994, I had a kid named Chad Crow who ended up going to Penn State on a scholarship as a quarterback. He set three state passing records that year, and, and that was a time when people weren't slinging the ball around as much sure. as you know. And uh, and he could have set more records, but I didn't believe in ever running it up on anybody. So he didn't play a lot of second halves. Um, but you know, this past year we ran, we run the ball. You got to do what you got to do with with the talent you have. Sometimes get, I think guys get caught up in this is my offense. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're gonna, well, no. Look at your kids and what can they do. You don't have to change everything dramatically, but you might have to make some adaptations to. Okay, this is what this what we got. This is what we got. This gives us a chance to win, you yeah. know. 
and you know take those kids and and see what they can do well and, and go with it but um so so you have to be able to change and you have to be able to adapt and lasting 42 years i think that's what we were able to do the best is able to to change to adapt not give in you know it's not it's not like you know we've relaxed what we expect out of kids actually we 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 increased what we asked for kids as, as I got older, you know, because if that's what it took to compete, that doesn't mean you're going to win. It just means you got a chance to compete if you work hard. So I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. So you transitioned into being an administrator or going over to the dark side of someone saying, <laughs> <laughs> but um, how did you manage that? And, and what went into that decision you know, when you were still able to coach, because at a lot of high schools, obviously, you know, at a, at a 6A school, that probably was not allowed to happen. Yeah. School districts. Yeah, I, I, I go along with the same thing. Same thing I've been saying, what I said about teachers, you know, if you have somebody that wants to stay there 12 hours a day and work with kids, why, why don't you want that person there 12 hours a day working with kids? And, and when you ask that question, you get a blank stare. So, you know, I would say, well, okay, so I'm, I'm an assistant principal. Or I became principal in my last eight years. So I'm on campus from 6.30 a.m. till 6.30 at night. What, what, why wouldn't you want me here? Right. You know, I'm the principal. Why, what, what, what are you, what are you looking for? out of the Did you have to make like, that argument when you were being uh, there? There were times, yeah, there were times, you know, people, People would question, you know, well, this or that, or, and I was very, uh, always very cognizant of, you know, making sure whatever I ask of the football players, wherever they got, everybody else got, you know, and make sure there was no, um, you know, they didn't want to come to my office for discipline. I can tell you that football yeah, player, sure. <laughs> sure. that wouldn't, they did not want that. And I had a really good secretary at work. Uh, she was just fantastic, uh, Kimmy, and uh, you know, so. You have, you again, surrounding yourself with good people and people that believe in the system. And, you know, and I know I'm biased and you probably are too, but I've always said this. You can look at a school and a school that has a good football program, that football, when you, they have a good season, that resonates throughout the whole year. It really does. It carries on and, and people have pride in their town and in their, and, and football sets the tone because it starts in the fall. Yeah. You know, and people, um, they expect it. And uh, I think it carried carried over into our week at Clearfield. We have a good basketball program. We have a storied wrestling program. We have a good baseball program. You know, all our sports do well, and it's the pride that carries over and it starts in the fall. Yeah. Did you run into any issues? Like, is there any um, specific stories where you ran into issues? You know, where people perceived it as a conflict of interest as a principal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 And you know what the, the biggest deterrent I, I thought, I think is, is really comes down to jealousy. Yeah. You know, people, people, well, you have this, you have that. Yeah, we have this and we have that. My wife's in the concession stand, at, uh, you know, four o'clock and scrubbing the floors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where are you? Where are yeah. you? Are you doing that? You yeah. know, they don't want to hear that. Yeah, well, I'm, we're out fundraising. Yeah, we run a golf program, or we run a golf tournament that takes many, many, many hours to help pay a field house bill. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. Do you want to do it? Well, no, but we want what you have. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, that's that's certainly that's certainly something that I think every football coach runs into. Sure, they want what you have, but they don't want to work to have it. Yeah, yeah, no, I've 
actually experienced some of that recently. So Tim, in uh, 2009, then you were, uh, and it is an honor, uh, honored by PSFCA and chosen as the uh, Big 33 coach. Um, you know, what was that experience like for you and and what kinds of things will you carry with you um, from that experience? It is it is a fantastic uh, experience. It was uh, it was really neat because of several different several different you know. And I had prior to that, I was an assistant. I was a head. I was a head coach of the West, and then I was assistant in Big Thirty Three, and that was very very helpful. And I think that's a that's a thing that's really important because you you have to experience it as an assistant. I think to do a good job as a, as a head coach. Um, we went into it. We were under. We were kind of undermanned. Uh, we had a couple injuries. We had a couple guys that decided not to play. And, and this was uh, still against Ohio. Yeah, it was against Ohio, and Ohio was loaded. And I remember talking to my son was still up in. I remember talking to Dave once that about two or three days before the game. He said, "Coach, good luck." He said because we looked at both <laughs> rosters. You're really you're really undermanned. <laughs> thanks. So, thanks. Yeah, thanks, Coach. I appreciate that. Well, we still had some great players. Don't get me wrong. That went on to the NFL, but uh, uh, so it, it was uh, the, the coaches that I, that I got to coach with uh, that were my assistants, uh, Frank Gay and, and Glennie McNamee at the Dolphin, and uh, Brian Flock, uh, and, and guys like that that were just fantastic uh, uh, coaches. Um, and uh, for me, and I don't know, I'm missing somebody, but I can't think of his name right now. But anyway. Um, I just had a great, great experience, and and we we lost the game on the last play of the game. Uh, they scored a touch. Ohio scored with like no time remaining, so it was a very exciting game. But uh, you know, you wish you could have won, but uh, I don't regret uh, ever doing that. It's a, it's very, it's a huge commitment. Back then, you know, you stayed overnight for it was over a week. It was almost like ten days. You stayed in Hershey. It was different then, uh, so it was. Uh, it was something that uh, you never forget. And then we were somewhere off. They had a, they did a documentary uh, that year, and it was kind of neat because they played my uh, my pregame speech uh, on the documentary, and it was on ESPN. So a couple of my buddies walked into an establishment and said, "Oh yeah, we got to walk into an establishment. There, there's your mug up on the <laughs> up on the screen. We got to listen to you." <laughs> yeah. Well, who were some of the players in 2009 for Pennsylvania? Well, it, uh, I remember Jordan Hill, uh, Devin Street, uh, who played in the NFL for the Cowboys. Um, we had uh, Brian Flux, quarterback. Uh, uh, I can't think of his name right now. But we had we had some yeah we had some great players. Um, one of my players was our center, uh, Nick Redden, uh, who we had to bring in because we had some injuries, and he did a great job. Uh, so I was proud of that, and. Um, I mean, like I said, we had we had players that uh, a lot. We had a lot of kids that were going to like uh, Army and and uh, some FCS schools. Uh, we had a host uh, a um, oh I can't think of his name right now, but he ended up going to one of the Mac schools, and he was tough as nails. And uh, his dad was actually a teammate of mine at Penn State. Uh, I can't think of his name right now, but uh, yeah, we but those kids were tough. You know, and they were good. And they wanted to compete, so uh, it gave us a chance to win. Yeah. So as you are uh, looking back, and and it's kind of a weird situation for you because you're looking back on 
on all these years, but you're looking forward to um, what you can do in retirement. You've been, um, you're in a couple coaching hall of fame, central PA, the PSFCA hall of fame. So, you know, you have those things um, they can look back on, but what are you looking uh, forward to the most in your retirement? Uh, probably the thing I'm looking most forward to would be spending more time with my family, um, spending more time with my grandkids, uh, that, and, uh, I'm really, um, I enjoy going to, uh, I'm practicing Catholic. I go to mass three times a week and I really, really enjoy that in the mornings. Uh, it's, uh, something that, um, I, I enjoy it's a big part of my life and I, I'm a trustee at my church. So I, I like to do stuff with our church and then I like to spend time with my family and I hunt and I fish. I play golf. Not very good at golf, but I play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, those types of things. And, uh, and I, and my wife and I are going to travel a little bit and, I, and I'm going to be a, be a pain in my son's rear end going to the bears games. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, you know, that's, uh, you know, looking back, it's, it's a great life, you know, and a lot of people are not choosing um, that life. You know, we have a shortage of teachers and certainly a shortage of, of uh, coaches, uh, coaches with experience. You don't see very many guys anymore. You know, I'm the, I'm the uh, oldest or longest tenured guy in our league and it's only 13 years, you know, and, and uh, what would be your advice to uh, people that are, thinking about going to teaching, but knowing they can make a lot more money if they go into a, into business or, you know, going in another path. I, I don't, I've always said, you know, you're not going to get rich in this business. There's no question, not on our level. Um, but you know what, you get rich in other ways. And I I've seen a lot of unhappy rich people. Sure. So, uh, you know, I, I don't, I have everything I, God's given me everything I need. I don't need anything. I don't need to win the lottery. I don't need, I don't need anything, you know, um, so, uh, the relationships that you form with uh, people, the kids, coaches, colleagues, uh, those are the most important things, uh, in, in, it's really gratifying to watch kids go on and accomplish things, um, that, you know, you had a hand in it and you weren't, might be all of it, but you had a hand in it. So, uh, you made a difference and if you can make a difference, then it's, I think it's a, a life well-lived. Um, you can go into business and make a difference in making money, I guess, if that's what you, you know, someone wants to do that. But like I said, there's a lot of unhappy rich people who just turn on the television, see yeah. it every day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tim, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for doing this this morning, taking time out of your schedule. Any, any big things on the, on the agenda today? Today, uh, not too much. Uh, probably take a ride out to camp here today. I actually got to play golf in State College this week in February, if you can believe that. Yeah. It was 70 degrees. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to take a ride out to camp, and then we go to Mass tonight. So uh, it's, it'll be a good day. Yeah. Now, are you going by yourself, or is your wife going along? Uh, she has a thing she's going to with my daughter and my granddaughter. So I'll probably just – solitude is a good thing chad I yeah, yeah 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 you literally yeah. learn to appreciate solitude as you get older it's not a bad thing yeah all right tim well thanks so much for doing this this morning and uh best of luck in retirement thanks i appreciate it this is a great thing you're doing i i hope you continue to do it because um there are a lot of uh, people out there that uh that have a lot to offer you just need to ask them 
Yeah, yeah, it's a good. That's uh, part of the part of the plan here. So, all right, thanks, Tim. Have a good day. Thank you. You too. Right. Talk to you. Thanks for joining us this week on the PA Football Story Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook or on our website, pafootballstory.podbean.com, where you can subscribe to the show on your preferred podcast platform or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating, a follow, a like, a share, or just simply tell a friend about the show.